it's nothing personal for me. It's just business. In the streets of Baltimore, on the streets of Detroit, during the, the 60s in New York City. Immediately within it, you are going to get those people whose differences are not being articulated, which is right us. Exit the Matrix podcast. Welcome to everyone. I am Amin Drew Law, aka Amin TMK, aka Amin Habibi. Uh, pronouns he, him, plus size model, next level with this next level. I am uh, accompanied by two fine human beings. Do you mind introducing yourself? Hi, Kita. Yo, it's good. It's a motherfucking moment. The Kami Thotty Hottie, little tanky the could. Little tanky the could. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they try, they want to, they want to make my shit into it like a, you know, a breakfast cereal, but, uh, you know, I'm trying to monetize here. But it's big money in breakfast cereal. Right. You know what I, like when I, jingles. In jingles. <laughs> jingles. You know, uh, you see so many less commercials for cereal when you get older. No, that's a fact. Hey, but yo, the jingle market is dead, huh? Does anybody do jingles anymore? They got to do it in-house probably, right? All that stuff is in-house. We probably just got to look at the top ten. (laughs) Jingles? Like the the jingle companies? What do you mean? When when I think about jingles, it's all old shit, man. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, whatever, leave. That's fucking Alka-Seltzer. I don't even buy that shit no more. And I remember the dumbass jingle. I like how you put like the twist effect on it. Pop, pop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. You know what I mean? It's all good. You want to jump into politics or you just want to keep... Just bullshit. We could just bullshit for 60 minutes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just want y'all to know. Y'all brought us here, okay? Y'all brought us here. We started the game. We never That's got true. to finish. Let's, uh, speaking of being brought the fuck back. Bring it back. The boys are back in town. The boys back in town. Evo, uh, Morales back in business. He is, uh, touchdown in Bolivia. Um, was exiled in, I believe, was it Mexico? Uh, no, he was in Argentina. Argentina. Yeah. Okay. So he is now, Back in the country after they uh, voted his party back in, um, so I, I just a, a win. You know, I was happy it's a to win see. for the indigenous people for sure, man. Um, yo, what's the over under on him having a terrible accident? Because yo, he when you got to leave the fucking country, think about how many people that they that they killed. You know, for the protest, claiming that you know his election was unfair. Meanwhile, a little while later. In the United States. A few moments later. We were talking about, um, you know, him even like being exiled, like was kind of incredible that he made it just. Yeah, he was on the run. They definitely wanted to imprison and or accident his ass. Yeah, they were on the Snowden trail, right? Right, which all goes back to who? Motherfucking Elon Musk. We will cool whoever whoever we we want. want. Uh, So, you know, I don't know. Um, I think developments are going to you know more and more things happen uh every day i mean every day the world changes uh, vastly in many ways so but i will say it was beautiful all the pictures that are coming out you know the first thing he did like it was go back with the people he's directly with the indigenous people immediately talking to him like in the streets like so it was beautiful to see i, I don't really have anything more to say to that i just did want to celebrate know, I, that. I do have one thing and i think about this is interesting right when we talk about the difference between old money and new money you know all of the petroleum families that's oil money i lo- old Oil money is old money. 
I remember that movie, Syriana. I know it's one of your favorites too, right? Where like, uh, the one little prince is like, I've heard of you, cat spa to the, and dude is like, maybe you need a cat spa. Grown up baby, maybe wants to be, like, can you imagine one of those guys fucking up in Bolivia the way that fucking Elon did? That's that new money shit. Like, he's sitting there talking shit on Twitter. Meanwhile, you haven't even really secured the fucking resource. Meanwhile, oil fucking money, oil money would have had the motherfucking army in that bitch. So, um, we gonna get back. We gonna Elon is gonna come back uh, many times probably Aww, this year. So uh, let's uh, let's move on because there's been this big celebration. Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, racism has ended now. Uh, we got Joey fact. Joey B and and Kamala. They're gonna do it for us. Um, and and you know Trump has yet to concede this election. And we as just I thought we were trying to get off the cereals, bro. Now you got we got to talk about corn pops and shit, man. <laughs> corn pops. <laughs> <laughs> My man's corn pop. Yeah. So I was talking a little bit this on our Instagram Matrix podcast. <clears throat> I, I see this thing now where. The liberals have all decided to point at the Trump supporters and laugh and say that there is no, uh, that the claims of voter fraud are baseless. Ha ha ha. LOL. And they are. I mean, they're baseless. I, I get that. But y'all remember way back in 2016. I know it's hard if to go that far, far back. We were so young. The Russians. The Russians hacked the 2016 election. I don't know if you know this because Hillary Clinton was supposed to win, but she didn't win. So we had, you know. We had the Red Scare again. The Red Scare again, right? You you should have been able to see this was propaganda from the jump. But do liberals get to see that things are propaganda? Not at all, because low information voters is not a monopoly of the right, right? (laughs) On the quote unquote left. I can't call them the left because liberals are not leftist. Liberal, like when you think like $15 an hour is a radical position, we don't have a whole lot in common. You know what I'm saying? But like the interesting thing to me about the whole Russian blame Russia is that becomes a democratic attack on the left because who's the first person they went for? Before they went for Trump, they went for fucking, um, what's her name from the Green Party? Uh, Jill Stein. Like, oh, she's an agent of Putin. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Jill fucking Stein is the, is, is the Tulsi great- Gabbard too, right? Right. And Tulsi Gabbard. Right. These are the, these are the secret weapons, right? And so it becomes, you know, Russia is the Soviets. The Soviets are commies. And look at these crazy leftists. And they, so like the, the commies want Trump the fuck out of here. Um, do y'all remember the, did we watch the documentary, The Great Hack? Do we watch? Okay, moment. Yes. Okay, we did. So we saw that. A, I want to just mention troll farms exist. They exist in Russia, and they exist in Eastern Europe, and they exist all Especially over the world. Especially in the United States. In the United States, bam. Yeah, we Ding. we had to hold ourselves culpable to that. No, you're right. You're right. That was a blind spot I didn't have. I was out here talking, you know. But, but you be holding <laughs> yeah, me down, Kita. Other countries, but not the great. But not the great America. <laughs> Um, but in the great hack, they talk about Cambridge Analytica being the biggest propaganda machine for the Trump election bid. And where is Cambridge Analytica from? The UK, not scary Russia or right. scary China or scary Iran or scary Venezuela. No, they were from the UK. So we talk, and also fake news has been perpetuated and existing for, I don't know, propaganda has existed for 
as oh, long yeah. as societies and, exist, and right? This happened too in the 2008 campaign because they were like, well, Obama used social media so well that he cheated and defrauded the elections. And it's like, okay, guys, we we could go all the way back to freaking John Adams being like, you're a fraud, sir, I dueled you. I'm your huckleberry. Yo, we can go further back, man. You know, it's like we're talking about... uh the whole Roman Empire, right? How the Senate is having graffiti painted on the walls like, Brutus, your country needs you. That's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so propaganda is as old as fucking time itself. Yeah. And, and it's a tool. And it, the point of propaganda is it's always paid for by people with extraordinary resources. And so, like, even though propaganda makes people, like, I get mad. Like, how can you believe this dumb shit? But propaganda is so pervasive, it's hard to ever hold it against people because it's meant to be easy to digest and easy to believe. Plus, the human ego doesn't want to admit that it's susceptible to things like that. Like, mm, I think... That was what I was going to say. That's such a good point. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Yeah, because, I mean, we could say, I'm so smart. I have all of these degrees, this I'm, education, I'm the smartest this person in the room. Yeah, I'm the smartest person in the room. But if you admit that propaganda works on you, you admit that you have a blind spot. But I think you have to admit that you have a blind spot in order to fully address what's going on because i mean i and part of it is that sometimes you just gotta divest yourself because i have uh, ad blockers out the wazoo but sometimes i download media and i'm like what the hell is this this is a commercial this is what people watch support amazon a small business a small business on amazon Small oil like Exxon. I mean, small yeah, business. Like, oh, don't you want to recycle plastics? It's your personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. Don't look at the corporations. Um, but it, yeah, like how all of that affects us in ways that we have blind spots. We have blind spots to the way the rest of the world works. We have blind spots to the way, like even our own crazy government works. <laughs> there, and then there's just concessions we make that we are like, yeah, I'm gonna do this thing. So I don't. I'm not going to recycle because who cares? Big corporations are going to destroy the world. Where my mind goes with this is I remember Revolver when I think about propaganda and the rules of the con. So, like, let me – for those of y'all who have not seen the movie Revolver, uh, these are a couple quick rules, right? Because the thing about propaganda is understanding it's essentially a con game. It's a confidence game. And every game and con, there is always an opponent and there is always a victim. Rule number one, if you want to get smarter, play a smarter opponent. This means getting out of your fucking bubbles, your echo chambers. And playing a smarter opponent is like, I, I, Cambridge, all the way back to Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica as a art of form of artificial intelligence, taking personalization and algorithms to the extreme. I, I, honestly, I am just like, holy shit, people didn't even know they were getting played. Which goes directly to rule number two. The more sophisticated the game, the more sophisticated the opponent. The bigger the environment, Facebook, all in people, the easier the control. The opponent simply distracts their victim by getting them consumed with their own consumption. Like, 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 clout, clout, clout. Which leads us to really the last thing. The bigger the trick, the older the trick, the easier it is to pull. Fake news. Yep, because you you're like I'm too smart to get conned. None of us are too smart to get conned. Y'all are so smart. <laughs> I I, uh, I was thinking about uh, this idea of class consciousness and how it 
when you look at uh, when when you're a part of geopolitics, and you know we talk so much about Bolivia, and we talk so much about Palestine, and we talk about Venezuela and China, and you know all of these different um, all these different people, you know, like leftists and revolutionaries, they all sort of look similar in other countries if you know they're on the left and they're doing what they're doing. Um, so I, I just, I just agree so much with the propaganda conversation. You have to get out of the echo chambers that everybody is in right now and stays in. Uh, and that's diversifying the subcultures that you're a part of and doing real research, diving into things, real research. I'll give you a great example, right? Uh, we've talked about lots of the wars that are going on, but if you'll notice, like, X of the Matrix really hasn't had a whole lot to say about what's happening with Armenia and Azerbaijan. And that's because I'm still trying to fucking research to find out what the fuck I know. Before I come to you with that news, I want to be able to be like, okay, this is what I've researched. These are why these people are fighting. This is who the fuck is wrong. And in this situation, I still don't know enough yet. But also the ability to hold contradictory information at the same time. That like, hey, actually, these two things don't make sense, but they could both be true. And that's really, really hard for the human brain. Yeah, and it goes back to our episode, Why Being Smart is So Difficult. It's not about knowledge. It's not about education and academia. It's about, do I know how to vet information? And that's one of the most, you're never taught really how to vet information, and that's why it's difficult. So I just wanted to bring that up because we do point a lot of fingers on how stupid people are. That's why I hear all the time now, people are so stupid, people are so stupid, people are so stupid. No, people are indoctrinated. They live under intense propaganda since birth, and I just wanted to hold space for that and point out the hypocrisy of the Russian hack of the election in 2016, and now all these liberals are out here saying, look how stupid Trump is, because he's actually out here. (laughs) With people and mobilizing with lawyers and things are happening. Fascists don't give up power. Exactly. Anyway, so thank y'all for for um, jumping in that to with me. Uh, we have we do have some news though. Yes, yes. So uh, Australia, gosh, has a really long history against their Aboriginal Indigenous people. Uh, in another negative column in that regard, a towering yellow box tree, um, which is referred by the Jabuwurung. Direct as the directions tree has been cut down and removed from the site of a controversial uh, highway duplication between Boinger and Ararat. It's northwest of Melbourne. Um, the significance of this tree, of course, like indigenous peoples in the United States have been fighting against this right, uh, where they're like, please stop taking our sacred land, please stop destroying our sacred artifacts, our sites. This looks like a hill to you, but this is where our ancestors lie. And it's the same thing with this tree because the tree came from a time when each job wurong had their own tree. The child's placenta was mixed with the seed of the tree, and from then on, the tree became the child's own directions tree. Australia, of course, is like, no, that tree, indigenous peoples who've lived here all of your life, that tree that you're referring to is actually like 10 miles away. We're not going to touch that tree. This tree is just a plain old eucalyptus tree. This is not your sacred ancestral home. And they tore it down um and removed it from the site against all of these protests that were happening and and i just want to bring this to light because we have talked about like the united states and all of these things but the other countries really don't respect the native indigenous aboriginals peoples who live there that their sites are still getting destroyed and and we have to care about 
these things um, as, as a respect for things that happen, of course, in geopolitics, but where we kind of share that that compassion and that empathy for other people. Yeah, and I, I see again that that's an element of white supremacy that goes understated, right? I think about the first thing that happened when Iraq, when the Iraq war popped off was all of the museums of antiquity got looted and raided, right? But you don't see this shit when, when you're talking about European nations at war with European nations. Even the Nazis didn't bomb fucking Stonehenge, you know, and, and you'll never see the British government knock Stonehenge down because, oh my God, we have to make a fucking highway through here. Right. So you understand the importance of cultural, cultural sites, the, the, the intensity of, of how they tie to cultures, except for when it comes to indigenous and non-white cultures. And this is incredibly, incredibly disruptive. Uh, I know that they were also trying to change the national anthem slightly in Australia to be more inclusive to the indigenous people. And it literally can't even get that right now. They literally won't even put together that small aesthetic change. Yo, Australia is wild though. I mean, truly wild. I don't know wild. anything about Australia. Well, we got to tell you what, here, on here's because a movie we have for a, you. We, we have people in Australia that do listen to us. Rabbit Proof Fence. That's the movie. That's all you need to know about fucking Australia, which was a forced aboriginal breeding program where essentially women aborigine were taken away and forced to be married to white men because the theory was after six generations we can breed the fucking aborigine out yeah on that very sad depressing note (laughs) support the indigenous peoples yes uh you know i i don't know uh you know the news is so fast um i don't know what's going on uh, with uh, the water protectors and the land protectors, um, you know, dealing with uh, pipelines and stuff still going through. Can- you know, we haven't even talked about Canada. Incredibly anti-indigenous. Yeah, very, you very, know? very. And it's, it's Trudeau. It's Trudeau. So, sorry, yeah, I just wanted to have, I know, God, there's so many news stories, but I know that there were Canadian, uh, white Canadians, like, uh, sabotaging fishing boats for indigenous uh, people there, too. So, um, it exists everywhere and exists also in Bolivia to bring it right back, you know, anti-indigenous um, sentiment, so on and so forth. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to, you know, I just like to say my two cents. No, absolutely. <laughs> totally. No, that's totally valid. And I appreciate what you bring I need affirmation. Us. Yeah. So uh, in another bit of news, because I like keeping track of it. You know, broke-ass niggas out here. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Consumer uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Speaking of broke-ass niggas. (laughs) Extreme poverty. So the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau made a final ruling that, uh, I will sum it up here, that essentially says debt collectors can now contact you by phone, text, email, and your social media. And unlike phone calls, they're limited, I want to say, to about seven phone calls a week. Um, There are no limits on how they can contact you through text, email, and social So is Wells Fargo about to slide into my DMs? Yeah. No. They're like, hey, don't worry, guys, because you can opt out. Oh, opt out. I'm opt out. (laughs) If you can figure it out. Um, Gonna hire a team of lawyers so I can opt out. I mean, honestly. So the CFPB actually is like, well, here's some forms, letters, some templates that you can tell your debt collector so they can't harass you. And it's just another government agency. Um, It was created under the Obama administration in 2011, but it's been made useless by design. So instead of protecting consumers, now they're like, no, debt collectors need to be able to collect 
the debt. Like Extreme that's, poverty. None of us can pay our bills right now. Like unemployment is as at a, a ridiculous all time high. People have not gotten their unemployment, even though they have applied for it. There aren't any jobs. People's food stamps and other uh, social programs have been obliterated. Here's just one more. Mass so now, evictions. Yep. So when we say unemployment is at an all-time high, that's not what the statistics are going to show because the statistics are showing if you have any type of employment. Even if you work in 10 hours for Uber. Right. But you're underemployed. You don't have health care. You – like what they consider a job by today's standards is nothing compared to what it would have meant in 1960, 1950, hell, even 1970, right? You don't have 40 hours and a fucking pension. You have 10 hours and three other fucking places you got to gig with. Yeah, and what makes this ruling so chilling, too, is because 70% of people who waited, 70% of voters were concerned and said, this doesn't make sense. We know that the original ruling didn't account for new technology, but debt collectors should not be able to get a hold of people through text, email, and their social media. They already don't respect opt-out for phone calls um, because those laws have been gutted. They already don't respect, like, don't call me during these times. Um, and without having those rules in place, the CFP was like, no, don't worry. You know, debt collectors, really, we have to take in, into account what they need because the technology has changed. Like, how will they get a hold of you? And I think it's a fallacious argument because debt collectors aren't calling to be like, hey, are you okay? Let's put, like, let's try to put you on a payment plan. They're immediately, I've received these calls where they're like, do you want to go to jail? Because if you don't pay this debt, you're going to jail. So they're not calling to help anybody out. They're just calling to add stress to your fucking life. The average American is about $38,000 in personal debt, and that excludes home mortgages. So they're trying – I mean we talked about – I don't know how – when's the last time we talked about uh, the student loan crisis in America? That's just completely been swept under the rug. You're talking about trillions of dollars. Yep. That's I think it's like twenty trillion dollars. It's the next absurd. bubble. It's the next bubble that's going to pop after the housing bubble popped. The student loan bubble is going to pop. And again, right? It's the greed of the system that makes this happen. Think about how under the quote unquote Obama era, right? Everybody was encouraged to go work for nonprofits, but you had to get twenty hours or more at a nonprofit. So what happened? Even in the brilliant social justice nonprofits that I worked with in D.C. Now, I know you were at some of the same. What do you get? 19.5 fucking hours so that you don't qualify for the student loan. I do fucking not know how you live. Fucking relief. But even for those people that did it, uh, as soon as he was out, Betsy DeVos came in, the same exact government agency, and now they fucking rejected like 90% of the claims for student loan forgiveness. So you went and did a job where you made less money because you wanted to do the right thing, quote unquote. Work with a nonprofit, try to make America better for way less than you could have made in the corporate world. You slaved it out for 10 fucking years. Slaved that out is a bad phrase. Yeah. You, you, uh, indentured servanted yourself <laughs> out for 10 fucking years and then come to come, they, they pull the fucking rug up under your ass. Surprise! Surprise. You still gotta pay and the fucking interest been kicking. Come with the vig, bitch. I'm your huckleberry. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Hey, drop the microphone. I got nothing to say after that one. <laughs> That's just a fact. Amazon getting sued, y'all. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. Yes. 
the European the Union. The small business of Amazon. Get into Can you believe business. this place? The small yeah. business on Amazon. Uh, the sarcasm. We're going to have so much for it because that ad still blows my mind. Um, Amazon under fire in Europe. So the European Competition Commissioner, Margaret Vestager, announced formal antitrust charges against Amazon over the how they use on Amazon. data about merchants on their platform. And there's a brand new investigation into the retailers. So, of course, Amazon's faced a lot of scrutiny in the European Union and the U.S. for a lot of reasons. Uh, we've talked about it here. But antitrust thoughts gentlemen uh i have a real quickly i just want to say something and then moment i will send the floor to you i posted something on our matrix podcast uh on instagram a few moments later okay well while you're pulling it up because uh i want to say antitrust also went back to the book publishers where a amazon was like well if we drastically undersell our books we put publishers out of business then we can jack up the prices on ebooks in particular we were talking about pbs a little earlier i yes. love pbs Hardline. oh my gosh i do too you do too for real i oh do I like pbs is such a like soothing classic to yeah. learn things they still got a lot of propaganda bullshit they you got to be able to vet through it but they have a great documentary on Amazon. I highly suggest everyone peep that. A small but, business uh, I, on that's Amazon. Not my, my point was to say, uh, I'll jump off Joey about to change the entire world, okay? And look at his transition team. They include executives from Lyft, Airbnb, Capital One, mm -hmm. Booz Allen, Uber, Visa, JP Morgan, and dun 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 dun. Amazon. Amazon. A small business on Amazon. How bad is our mega corporation situation here in America that our number one <laughs> conglomerate is being sued by the U, the EU? The United Corporations of America will not stand for this. But I, I mean, but so we can't. So literally, the EU had to step in and be like, this is a, a monopoly. Oh, no. Right now, uh, Europe is seen as a technology uh, hostile place, right? This is why you don't see a lot of technological startups because they have real privacy laws and shit like this, antitrust. So all this shit is in America and China right now. Yeah, and I mean, particularly what the European Union is going after is because Amazon itself sells products to people, but it also ho hosts a marketplace where it allows people to sell their merchandise through the Amazon platform. And so the argument here is that Amazon uses that data against these merchants who are Amazon's competitors, even though they're on the platform, to undersell them or to pro it's like, oh, your little ice cream cone tchotchke is selling really well. Amazon makes a knockoff of it. A small um, business on Amazon. they do this with like other things, even like tech things where they're like, hey, buy this Amazon tablet, buy this Amazon couch. It's like the Amazon essentials or whatever. Undermining these merchants, these actual small businesses <laughs> that they're claiming the umbrella right, of. That, right. Um, in order to be like, well, yeah, we want to uh, sell so our own products against you. Yeah. And of course, Bezos out here acting like, well, Amazon should be scrutinized. I'm a great guy making a trillion dollars. A small like, business on Amazon. Guys, guys, I'm one of you. I'm just, I'm just like yeah, you. Yeah, hold me accountable. And like, it's bullshit. Talk about propaganda. Nah, facts. You, just, know what, you know what I'd rather talk about? What'd you rather talk about? These hoes ain't loyal. 
Yo, you do all you can as a little fascist fucking leader. You know, you you give you give literally everything you can to think about the concessions that 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 Cheeto has made to Netanyahu in Israel. Think about the concessions that he's made to Modi and fucking India, right? Right? And they were the first people to call Joe Biden. You know, Netanyahu slimy ass up there like, me and Joe have had a great friendship for 40 years. That's not a fact. Okay, and I mean, I don't want to harp on this too much, but what we're like, look, guys, the only difference is one's called a Republican, one's called a Democrat. None of them care about human rights or doing good by the people, and here we are. I have to look suspect at you. Depend on who are your friends? This dude, your friend, you suck. I shouldn't feel so much pressure to put a positive spin Yo, on nah, things. Yo, nah, such a shit. And let's ask yourself, like, how the fuck is a, a servant of the public, which a politician theoretically is supposed to be, y'all been in power for 40 fucking years? 40 years Netanyahu and Biden have had a fucking friendship? How in the hell is that even feasible? How's that real? I mean, all this shit just goes back to the need for fucking term limits to me. But I just find it super ironic. I mean, Trump gave over the fucking Golan Heights, which I don't know how the fuck he did that since that's technically part of Syria. Straight up gave it to Israel as a gift, and they named part of it after Trump. And as soon as it looks sketch for his I'm ass, all the motherfuckers drop ship. They on his Biden train. And it just goes back to the fact to tell you, as Biden said himself, there will be no significant change. I'm uh, right here on the Biden-Harris website on their issues and platform. Uh, what they would like to do is urge Arab states to move beyond quiet talks and take bolder steps towards normalization with Israel. Now, is that – so every, so if, this is what I hate to tell you all, but my auntie, God bless her, she called me, I mean, we did it. This guy, I'm, Trump is gone. He's gone. You know, and of course, a, a lot of the Arab world's looking at that, and I yeah. see that, you know. Here is the next thing on their platform. We firmly reject the BDS movement, which singles out Israel, home to millions of Jews, and too often veers into anti-Semitism while letting Palestinians off the hook for their choices. That's disgusting. The choice to be colonized? The choice to be... <laughs> this is when we have to hold two contradictory things at the same time. The Zionist state of Israel violates human rights, okay? What they have done there is horrific. And is an apartheid state. Yes, and anti-Semitism is something that we have to be concerned with and does affect a lot of Jews in the diaspora across the world. We can hold two of these things to be true, but like, oh my God, I, <laughs> this is what too time. much fills my head that I just want to be like, ah, I'm your huckleberry. They made the choice to vote for Hamas, a political party, I might add, like the Democrats, like Republican, right? Once you study geopolitics, you understand, Baptist, right? Political fucking party, uh, Hamas, political fucking party, uh, Fatah political fucking party uh uh what is it labor in britain a political fucking party these are political parties so literally the choice that the palestinians made was to reject the political party that's been out and out bought by the united states so fuck all of them you you just don't i can't vote for democrats i can't do it because as a palestinian 
I can't, I, I just in good conscience couldn't do it. Spiritually, I, I couldn't feel right if I voted for the platform that says Palestinians are being let off the cho- uh, hook for their choices. That's disgusting. You know, and and when we talk about, oh, just holding your nose and voting for Democrats, I can't. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Anyway, I have a styling, a new styling on them for us, so uh, let's jump into styling on them. Let's get it in. The hip sugar. Come on and shake that cute little booty of yours. Ow! My boy, John Boyega, back, folks. Back at it. Yes. We talked about this. Hollywood is not liberal. Your update is John Boyega out here really putting himself out. He's calling for studios to protect actors from racist and sexist abuse from online fans. He was like, y'all didn't do shit for me. You didn't do shit for Kelly Marie Tran. You didn't do shit for Oscar Isaac. You let us go out there, have to fucking shut down our social media accounts and it's happening to um the new actress who is now going to play james bond she had to shut down her instagram account from all of these racist trolls that came after her so boyega says when one of your actors especially an actor that's so prominent in the story is announced as part of your franchise and then it has a big racial backlash and receives abuse online and that starts starts to form a shadow It's important for studios to lend their voice, lend their support so that actors of color have a sense of solidarity, not just in the public eye, but on the ground on set. John Boyega. And I find it fascinating, right? Because immediately when one of these white guys gets attacked, all of these motherfuckers join in. Oh, what you saying about Chris Pratt? Oh, it's not nice. I know that he loves Trump, but it's really just because he loves Jesus. You don't know his soul. All these motherfuckers sound like Paula Dean with this shit. Something that hurt my heart. I sent it to you in text message moment about a week and a half ago, and it was Lil Wayne. Uh, you know, dapping up Trump. Shame. You know, Such and you see shame. that a lot of these, um, you know, rappers, the actors out here, like supporting Donnie J, like not just saying that they'll vote for them, but like photo ops and shit like that. And I'm watching, um, you know, what you're talking about with John Boyega. And I remember he was out in the protest, like really out there saying, you know what? I may not be able to get a job again. You know, I may not be able to, to get these huge roles in Hollywood. And it's like, at what point? Do I just say to the celebrities in general and like these actors, like, look, if you're going to be a part of this, I'm just not going to support you and you're just going to fall off of my consciousness, period. Look, man, look, man, for me, I wanted to go the next step because it's so low hanging fruit to talk about the fact that, yeah, okay, we got the Carter, Sean Carter out there having these kind con- not Sean Carter, but yeah, he a bitch too. We'll come I'm back to him. That. Right. The, the, That's the other side of it. That's where I was trying to the get. The producer I'm- of the Carter albums, Lil Wayne. Right. Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne up there with Trump. How is that any different than Jay Z up there with Obama? Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, or, or Roger Goodell. I mean, right, that's right. even more obvious. What's uh, what's homeboy? I'm trying to think. Uh, shit from the clips. Push your tea. Push your tea out there with the fucking mayor of fucking Virginia for for Hillary Clinton, for fuck's sake. I'm tired of them people acting like these are different fucking things when both of these people are violently anti-black. It's so low-hanging fruit to be like, and you know me, man. I love to go in on fucking Wayne. I really do because I feel like he's overrated. I feel like he's incredibly problematic. But, like, 
I don't see any difference for Pusher, than Pusher T kicking it with Tim fucking Kane. Come on, man. These are people that have been violently anti-black their whole fucking lives, but it's cool to be a rapper kicking it with a Democrat. Well, you know, like Ice Cube said, we gotta, we gotta work across the lines, okay? Somebody's gotta talk to these people and, and for the black people. Right. Cardi B's extra woke because she down for Bernie Sanders. Get the fuck out of here. All right. Well, <laughs> we're, we're you know, so why you got come for Cardi like that? I know. Man. Like, Damn, I still like bro. Cardi B. Celebrity like, worship. All, all Let me have things. some. I know, but I like, yeah. That new single. <laughs> okay, don't be talking about my girl Cardi B. Hey, I'm not saying that we have to dismiss their music. I'm not. I'm just saying I want to see it carry the same stigma. Because black people, especially people of color, we have to be fucked up whenever we see any of these people kicking it with the petty bourgeois. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to be a hood motherfucker. What you kicking it with these people for? Look, because capitalism can buy everybody. Extreme poverty. And you can see here in the studio how we are also complicated. <laughs> right. No, that's real. That's super real. But let's uh, speaking of speaking of music and and all those things, I thought that, you know, what's happening right now is we're in a very special time. It's a very special time of year. It's quarantine. Quarantine. Um, so you might have some time on your hands. <laughs> like me, I'm sort of sitting in the house and, uh, you know, uh, my very good friend and Matrix, uh, yeah, Exit the Matrix podcast contributor, Ichel, uh, hooked me up with this very cool foreign film app so I can watch foreign films. Ooh. They're very, you know, me, I'm very refined. I like a lot of, yes. <laughs> me and I'm bougie stuff. Um, <laughs> so you may, you are amazing listeners who uh, we love so much. We love so much. Uh, we want to give you some of our recommendations for what you can do during quarantine. Quarantine. I do not know how you live with yourself. So I thought I'll go first. I'll go first. You know, music is my tang. I mean, it's of course all our tangs, um, but I'm a big music fan. Yeah, I it's especially to... your tang. Especially my tang. I also have an album. I'm out not going to talk about his tang. Mm, well, you know, <laughs> oh my God. me and Keita are, so you can just stay out if you want, you know. Yeah, that's the good. real ones know what the big information is, and it's my tangs. <laughs> um Really, what's really quickly just want to talk about, uh, one of the artists I've been, uh, in, uh, really, really, really listening to. You know, of course I'm biased. I'm from the DMV, but that's Rico Nasty. I love Rico yeah. Nasty. Uh, when uh, she first came out, she was very like into her punk, you know, her screamo, like, and I, I, I do like that kind of music. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. Like, I remember like growing up and me and me and my man talk about this all the time, how much we loved rock music, you know, like an alternative rock and like sort of the rock industry is dead now. It's all that. Hey man, hey man, that was the last election. How you mad? The election between Nickelback and motherfucking Creed. Creed. Nickelback and Creed. You gotta vote for Nickelback or Creed will win. A few moments later. That fills my need. That fills my punk need, Rico Nasty. So also, she now sort of because this is what brilliant artists do. They evolve, they change, and they create even. They create new music, great music, and other types of genres. I'm not a big fan of poppy music, you know? And mainly it's because it's just a bunch of white girls up there going, 
Let's party for now. Let's have a good time. Getting drunk with my friends. You know what I mean? Or it's Post Malone and it's like, I'm playing beer pong with all of my (laughs) black friends. Check me out. Yeah, I'm Post Malone. So I just can't get into this like poppy music. I love the summary of the music. This is perfection. Rico Nasty. I, I do love Rico Nasty. I, I she does a great job now of she's like very pop now. She's went full pop, like full reverb, full auto tune, full you know all of this stuff. But she's making really good music with black artists, and I just like it's like once again it fills the need because I do like pop music in, in some ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's doing a great job of filling a need. I love Rico Nasty. Shout out to the DMV. Shout out PG County, Pretty Girl County, Gang. Give it a listen. Cool. Okay. I am going to give, uh, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to give two book recommendations because I really that. like that. So, you know, there's like two sides of me. Okay. Um, so uh, in the pandemic, I have actually been reading so many books. I think I've read, read like 80 books since we had to shut down, <laughs> really shelter in place. Everything went crazy. So my two book recommendations are The Grace of Kings by Ken Liu. I think it's really amazing. Uh, it's like epic fantasy. I feel like it should be part of the conversation in epic fantasy. The way he writes battles is phenomenal. He really kind of understands the scopes of how tribes and countries move against each other in war but also what does it mean to be a hero and i fucking love that and then my second recommendation is anedi okorafor the binti series black people in sci-fi being wicked cool with all of our africanness our blackness all up in there we're conquering space motherfuckers I'm just gonna say I'll put her up on Nettie. You know what I'm saying? Oh my god. Not to be that nigga, but I'm saying. Take the credit. Take the credit. Weren't you just talking about Revolver earlier in this episode? Take the credit. They'll never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna give y'all a TV show. And uh, so there's this new show out, right? I can't remember whether it's on Amazon or HBO. And uh, it's a remake. The show that's out fucking sucks. It's called Utopia. So fuck that shit. Don't watch it. Go find the British version of that shit. Not to be that way, but to be that way. Because the British version of Utopia was about some of the realest shit you've ever seen. And I put you up on that, bitch. Oh, shit. Get the credit. They'll never know. It's a goddamn lie. <laughs> my motherfucking homie, who's no longer my oh, homie, my who goodness. lives in Britain, I'm your huckleberry. Put me up on that shit. Like, hey, Mo, you like conspiracy theories? And I'm we like, don't have time. I we don't have time for this. Don't. We don't have time for this. Um, I do not know how you live with yourself. Yo, I had to unfriend that motherfucker though, because you know that's the thing, right? So we talk about political consequence. This is so good. I'm gonna tie in this shit. This motherfucker was with me on 9-11. We went out for fucking drinks. Like, oh shit, a motherfucker hit the empire in the fucking mouth. I'll drink to that, right? This motherfucker, though, right, everybody talked about, like, and this is what's so sad. is like everybody has made W a likable guy now. But when he was elected, motherfuckers were like, I'm getting the fuck out of this country. Well, he did. This is one of the homies that actually did. He went to Britain, and I had to unfriend his ass like a year or two ago because he came at me with... Well, Mo, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the Irish were slaves. Unfriend, block. It started long before that. He was going over about like, well, you know, black kids in Britain are wearing these hoodies and they're like uh, harassing people. And, you know, they are the bad guys. The cops are just trying to protect us. And I was like, homie, you on one. 
there's a certain way that black people can act. Unfriend. Unfriend. Block. Yo. So you don't want to talk at all about what Utopia is about? Because if you don't know, Pfizer apparently has a uh, vaccine coming out. <laughs> Look, I'm just, oh yeah. You got to serve the people, Utopia man. Utopia covers a lot of things. It covers what is a government capable of doing in order to hide secrets. And also it speaks to, honestly, America's founding. That, hey, people can't be trusted to guide their own destinies, to guide their own lives. And so we're going to do it on their behalf because they don't know better. And they think they're the good guys. And it's... Horrendous. It talks about um, genetics, conspiracies, what your government is capable of, and eugenics. Yeah, I was going to say, not just genetics, eugenics. And also, it talks about the undue influence of corporate power over governments. So, I think all of those things are really, really relevant. The United States show made that shit into jokes. It it's, made a, all, it's propaganda. It's no, a, no, no, it's seriously. It's a comic book, and it's a secret society. But the British one was really about some real. very real shit. State power, the ability for the state to commodify anything, including intelligence, how they can corrupt people's lives, how they can vilify you and make you into a blip. Because again, it's on the news. Why would it be alive? Propaganda is super powerful. Yeah, and Because I, I want to say too, because people are going to look at it and it's like, it's all conspiracy theories. It's like the Russia. But when you look at, at world history, not even United States history, although it can start there, particularly with eugenics, it, it's Israel not telling Ethiopian women that it's giving them birth control. It's, you know, these internment camps. Forced sterilization. Yeah, forced sterilization across the world. These internment camps that are forced sterilizing. Yeah, forced hysterectomies. Women. Yeah, forced hysterectomies. Talking? Forced you can't have babies. I, I, it's happened to women in prison in the United States. And we have medical technology to do so. Uh, there is a program to eradicate mosquitoes um so what happens is there's gene limiters inside of the mosquitoes that does not allow them to reproduce uh once uh it does not allow their offspring to reproduce so what happens is is these genetically modified mosquitoes go into the world and they you know procreate with the non-gmo mosquitoes and the offspring of those mosquitoes will not be able to um, uh, re, you know, uh, be able to mate and, and, and reproduce. So the technology exists out there and, yep. um, even in our food, no seeds guys. Yo, that's why I can't fuck with them watermelons without seeds. I'm from the fucking South. Okay. Now the whole shit is weird, but any rate, yo, <laughs> all it is, you'll get there from utopia. That's what I'm selling you. It's been an amazing, amazing time. I like this is our musical episode. This is With my friend. You know why? You know why we've been singing? Because it's quarantine. Quarantine. No one's going to leave your house. Um, so uh, exit the matrix podcast at gmail.com. Send us your comments. Find us on Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook, uh, Matrix Podcast. Mark Zuckerberg's Instagram, at Matrix Podcast. We're on Twitter, at Matrix Podcast. We also have a website. And we think we just updated the website. It looks gorgeous. Yo, remember always, man, check out motherfucking the Wokesionary. People, people, the Wokesionary, exitthematrixpodcast.com. And, you know, please review us. You know, we know we getting listens all over. We in 40, I think we're in 47 states. 48. 
No. Said, uh, what are we Damn. missing? I'm, we're, no, 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 because I know we're missing three. We're missing. You said we're missing Wyoming. No, we have no, a big following Wyoming. in Wyoming. I Look, I let me get the crack numbers wow. team out here. Wow, crack Joey team. crack. Bing. Joey crack. <laughs> we're big in Wyoming. That's a fact. So shout out to Wyoming. We're also big in Alaska. So shout out to Alaska. Uh, but we are not in three states. I believe New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Montana. So we we are we're forty seven, but we are in Puerto Rico. So shout out Puerto Rico. Yo, strong and proud autonomous Puerto Rico. Um, so we know you're listening out there. Our numbers we we just we just getting big numbers and all those things. Not to 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 brag and all like that. So we know y'all listening. Take the credit. They'll never know. Uh, what we want y'all to do is review us. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Um, you know, it doesn't take too long. Just go in there. Hey, uh, I think that this podcast is great. They're the voice of the left. All three of the people are very attractive. And then you can just bam, you can just send it. So, uh, we love y'all. Hit us up. Um, gang, stay hydrated, stay woke, be safe. Any closing statements from you, my friends? Friendship is love. A small business on Amazon. To freaking John Adams being like, you're a Ferrari.